and then down. Okay, cool. All right, I will continue to figure that out too as we as we go along. Welcome. Do you? It's a mess. It's a mess. Um, that's gonna. That nothing is getting cut. This will be great. This is nonsense and noise. A, a, a podcast about the queer pop culture and media experience and. I'm Nathan Cato, the host, and for the first time in a long time, I have a guest with me. We're continuing along in the series about boys' love, and we're talking about Heaven's Official Blessing. I actually just met this person, like, earlier this year. It's hard to believe that we haven't even known each other for a full year yet. They're a grad student specializing in medieval lit and queer theory, and they are a sometimes Twitch streamer. Please welcome to the pod, Josh Mangle! Hello. Wow. We haven't known each other for a year. And in my head, we've known each other for like five years. It's not the case, is it? No. Not quite. I, the pandemic does weird shit with time. And uh, yeah, it, I, I still can't believe like we met because I was like, hey, I can stream Hellblade for you. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And then we're just like, the chemistry is great. Let's, let's continue hanging out. So yeah, time is not real. Time, time is a lie. It's a myth. Time is a human construct. Only a year. It's so wild. Um, it's so weird. And I'm just so so glad that we're friends. Um, it's been so cool hanging out with Josh like all throughout the pandemic, and and also their boyfriend Jake, who I will probably have on. I'm planning to maybe do like a Final Fantasy episode at some point. Like it'll, it'll be a big panel with everyone just like talking about Final Fantasy and, and what people like because obviously there's like a big queer presence in in 14 so or at yeah. least like in the player base at least i'm not sure about the story but <laughs> so so i mean <laughs> there's like two npcs that if you don't interact with them you wouldn't know but they have yeah. like this whole little like dialogue that's like our love was forbidden or something and i was like wait wait are they gay oh they're gay that's cute <laughs> so basically it's like a, a nice squint with your gay eye and then and then they're they're yeah. gay you can get gay married in the game we love that player. we love that thing yes because they originally you couldn't and then okay. they're like you know what we have too many gays that want to pay us money so we're gonna give the gays what they want the i love that want. i love that for everybody that's so good that's actually like a pretty good like transition into like the first segment which is just going to be like kind of talking about pop culture and stuff so josh tell me a little bit about like your endwalker experience i know it's been out i try we we tried hanging out last weekend and i couldn't get into queues because it was like eight thousand people but yeah tell me how about how how endwalker has been for you i've heard lots of good things i cried i i remember was it the second to like last quest I was just, I called Jake just sobbing. Oh. But like, not in a bad way. Like, there right, were right. wonderful tears of like, yeah. sadness and hope. It was, it's a really pretty story. Yeah. Centered around hope and love and friendship overcoming sadness. But at the mm. end of the day, like, there's darkness and there's sorrow, but there's also hope. Mm-hmm. It's a really strong metaphor for sorrow and depression. Mm-hmm. And I think they do a really, really good job because I think a lot of us, I, I think it's hitting a lot of us very hard mm-hmm. because of the pandemic and the right. way a lot of us took a really deep mental health dive during the pandemic. Right. Myself included. And I think it's something really pretty and just really nice, especially those of us who have like grown with this story for the last mm-hmm. like 10 years. Yeah, I was playing it since A Realm Reborn. I didn't play the right. original. It was not great. <laughs> but A Realm Reborn onward, 
I've been there for every expansion. Yeah. It's it's really heartwarming to like see these characters. And it's I think Endwalker is doing things that I don't know, a lot of MMOs aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't okay, I don't play a ton of MMOs, but like <laughs> the ones I do play are the pretty, you know, major ones like right. a World of Warcraft. I well, I haven't touched Warcraft in a hot minute, but like Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. They're all doing their own good things in their own yeah. respective lenses, but I think fourteen is doing something that they aren't doing. It's really they're really taking the heart of their player base, yeah, and kind of expanding on it, and just also rip, ripping our hearts out nice. and then stopping <laughs> on it, but then putting it back and, 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 and making it new and just putting it back in. But just like here, you, I mean, can, you can have this back <laughs> after I'm done. Just like stomping on it for a hot minute and letting right. it. Bad. Yeah, I think I caught Jake when he was doing some of the last ones as well, because I was doing the usual thing of just spamming our group chat with memes, and he's just like, I can't look at the memes right now, I'm having a moment. Oh. <laughs> this was like, oh, I know what quest he was on. Yeah, he was just on like, like the second trial. Okay. And he, was, and he was like, I don't know how to feel right now. And I was like, you just feel you just gotta feel it was just like uh yeah and i'm here i am like spamming our group chat with just like weird shit and it's like okay <laughs> you can't can't do that at the same time but you know that's awesome i've also heard from other friends that like the endwalker expansion was like, really great for them the only shitty thing is just cues and um <laughs> i'm on a server that's not super populated so like my cues have been like four thousand, right which is still heinous, but it's nothing compared to like Gilgamesh or like Cactuar's like eight thousand Q. Yeah, I was I was the one on for the listeners. I was the one on Gilgamesh with like eight thousand. Like, well, I guess I'm just. I was waiting long enough for four thousand, then I was like, I'm done. I can't. Yeah. I don't want to you wait anymore. What? I'm not playing today. No, I will just... play later when everyone is gone. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll play later once everyone has decided to move on from final fantasy did you see like the memes of like do not download do not expand your free trial pass well they now are no longer selling the game oh oh. like they're no yeah they're they're no longer selling the digital copies of i think the base and like the collector's edition because there's no space in the servers and i also don't blame them for that because like they wanted to make more servers mm-hmm. but because of the pandemic there's a chip shortage so they can't oh yeah yeah well pandemic and crypto bros are also buying oh, them up God. fuck crypto love that so if you're an nft supporter you're anti final fantasy and we don't <laughs> like you here at all <laughs> we'll fight you um so that's the big like the big major piece of pop culture news um there's also a nintendo indie showcase yesterday um if you have not seen that i highly recommend going to watch it there the nintendo indie showcase always just makes me want to empty my wallet all the indies always look so good so i highly recommend going to watch that and then so that's like video games or like all the video games that i care about and then movies there are several coming out this month there's Kingsman, which is the prequel to that one. I think it's just called Kingsman with like, I'm forgetting his name, Taron Egerton or whatever his name is. I was going to call him Talbert. Talbert. <laughs> Between Talbert. The- <laughs> Egerton. Talbert Eggs. <laughs> um, yes, I heard, I heard the first Kingsman was very good. I did not watch it. 
Yeah, but I, I didn't heard wonderful things. Yes, I heard. I know that the fandom for Kingsman is like pretty big. So this is like supposed to be a prequel. And I know like my rule for movies is I don't watch a movie unless there is like a person of color in a leading role, which is why I have not watched Kingsman. I noticed in the Kingsman prequel commercial or trailer or whatever, there's like this one token black guy. I'm like, okay. Cool. That's all we're getting in terms of color in the movie. So there's Kingsman. There's also Spider-Man No Way Home, Matrix Resurrections, and then West Side Story, which quick note, I I know Josh saw my episode notes, but (laughs) West Side Story. Tired of Ansel Elgort. Can we just stop? Like, can you... I'm sure he's a really nice man, and I'm (laughs) sure his family loves him a lot, but I I don't think he's... I don't think he's that great. And he got really popular because of A Fault in Our Stars, which is its own weird story, which is a whole, launched a whole genre, which was very problematic. John Green was just like, turns out it was cancer the entire time. That was the John Green genre. Like, I don't fully want to blame John Green because he did not sit out here and say, I need all of you to start putting out sick lit books. And then all of these artists are just like, I want to do sick lit. That was the coin term. Oh no. They called it was sick lit. And I was like, (laughs) y'all, this isn't great. In fact, this is very bad. (laughs) But luckily, that like that trend only lasted for about a year because I started working at Barnes and Noble. I work. I, I worked at a bookstore for like five years, mm-hmm. and during that like first year period when it came out, that's when all of the like books like that appeared, and then no one really bought them after the movie. Great. <laughs> so filled the people were like, "This is really gross." <laughs> Like, this is, you're exploiting children with cancer to make money, and it's very weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, like, I'm sure the kids who have cancer want to see themselves in a book, but also, I don't know if they want their trauma to be the focal point of their narrative. Right, yeah. Uh, anytime, like, you take a subsection of people and it's just like, oh, the trauma is the focus, and it's like, hmm, this doesn't feel good. It just doesn't feel great. Like, I don't know, as, as like people of color, we don't, I, I like, and I know I don't want like my generational trauma to be like first and foremost, especially when it comes from someone who's not part of that identity. Oh yeah. When, when they're like, look, I have black people in my fantasy book, but they're, you know, the angry barbarians and they're oh, no. oppressed and enslaved and the white w- w- woman called mother calls, comes in and saves them. I Derail. but like that's what i feel like i mean it's two very different things but like that's kind of what it feels like is like the trauma is the, the focal point of the narrative and not the person right and that's yeah weird. that's always weird yeah for sure so that was our sidebar on ansel elgort the last movie trailer <laughs> this is gonna be a long episode folks <laughs> The last movie trailer that I saw, I don't know if you've seen this one, Josh. It looks really good. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once with Michelle Yeoh. And it is, I think, like sci-fi kung fu. I don't, did you watch it, the trailer? I not watched all of it. I've watched okay. like the clips on Twitter. Yeah. But from what I've seen, also, I love her. So Yes, yes. Like everything is just like, this looks cool. This looks cool. This looks really fun. Yeah. I'm going to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. So that one's not actually coming out in December. That's coming out later, but I'm I'm super excited for that. 
And as far as the other movies that I mentioned, Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm very indifferent about. I think they're just trying to... It seems like it's just like Spider-Verse, but like the villains instead of the heroes. And I think I talked about this last episode, but I'm tired of Spider-Man. I'm tired of live-action Spider-Man. Yeah, here's like at all. Zandaya, sweetie, I love you so much, but I am not going to go see this just for you because I did that for Dune and you were in it for two minutes. <laughs> you did it for Dune. Like, like, I haven't forgiven you for that. I saw you and that twink for... I saw that twink for three hours and not you, and I'm still so mad at you. And I watch porn, and I didn't need to see a twink any more than that. <laughs> um, just so everyone is aware, my favorite summary of Dune that I put together is set to the Jonas Brothers, the year 3000, and it goes, I said, I've been to the year 10,000. A lot has changed, and they don't live with water. And your great 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 grandson is half a worm, um, and that's spoilers. Worm, <laughs> that's spoilers for like much later the Dune saga, but um, oh, yeah, that is that's a summary of the entire Dune series in a just a nice short song. So let me tell you real quick about something I thought Dune was. So once upon a time there was a movie called Worms or something. It was like a sci-fi movie that was very much a satire of Dune with like giant worms. I thought that was Dune for the (laughs) longest time. I was like, that movie was so much fun. It was funny. And my friend was like, Dune is is supposed to be funny. And I was like, is it not? And then I realized, no, I had the wrong ass movie. It was one of those like sci-fi satires. Right, like Spaceballs, right? Like, but, oh God, I love that. I I should try and find that and watch that because- Anything would be better than sitting there and just watching the passionless movie that was Dune and watching Timothy Chalamet for three hours inhale sand and be like, I can see the future. <laughs> right? Like, it was a sci-fi. I, maybe it wasn't called Tremors. It was called Tremors. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to look it up and see if I can watch it online. But um, I'm sure you can. Probably. Probably. You can find everything on the internet, of course. And then, of course, the last thing for, for everyone, um, or not everyone, I guess, just pe- folks who are celebrating holidays this month. We are at the halfway point at time of recording, so I know I'm, like, super checked out at, at work, and I'm just like, please, let me let me go on holiday vacation. I'm just bored. Not bored, but I, I want to break. So to everyone who's celebrating holidays this month, happy holidays and enjoy your time. Hopefully you're able to rest and take a break from work and spend some time with your loved ones, whoever they may be, whether it's friends, family, whatever. So with that, we're going to take a quick little break and then we will come back with the main discussion. All right, and we are back. So that was a a very long prelude, and that's what's going to happen when I have guests on. It's it's a lot of fun. So as I mentioned, this is continuing our series on talking about boys' love, and this particular episode we're going to be focusing on Heaven's Official Blessing, which I really think is just Heaven's Official Mess. But before, (laughs) before we started to talking specifically about that show, Josh, what is your relationship with, like, boys' love media? Have you, like consumed any before like any favorite titles or or favorite tropes in in the genre i think like i thought long and hard about this question when when i Hmm. saw it on your show notes page my i think my relationship is complicated because it was the first piece of media i consumed when i was in high school just having come out that Mm -hmm. featured two same-sex couples Mm -hmm. like our characters who become a couple Mm -hmm. right and 
it's really interesting because it launched this whole like investigation of this whole genre mm-hmm. that it kind of opened up. And I think for a lot of high schoolers, especially if you are already in like anime manga scene mm-hmm. in high school, scene, I'm so pretentious. <laughs> um, but it's a really easy gateway into boys love. Yeah. And especially because at least back when I was growing, so I'm in my late twenties, like date me, but like <laughs> back when I was in high school, there was no show like love Victor or any of the like, right, shows right. That feature LGBT kids. The LGBTYA novel boom had not happened yet. Right. We grew up in a dry era for queer right. media. Like we had queers folk and I think the original Queer Eye, right? Yeah. But those aren't those aren't really like oriented at kids. Those are no. just kind of like I mean, neither is Boys Love. <laughs> but Boys Love is more ex- is more easily accessible. Than, right, right. Uh, because I could go to like was it Manga Fox back then? Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, they're still going. Oh, are they still going? Good for y'all. Um, y'all <laughs> gave me a few viruses, but good for y'all. <laughs> but uh, but it was easy and free and accessible. Well, not free. It was illegal, and that's fine. That's how we lived back in the day. We were we, we were so edgy. I did not pay for music. I did not pay for manga. Pay, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I will say pirating pirating skills have been great because, like, there's sometimes like I want to watch. Like, my friend and I have been watching Ghibli movies, and those are not available for free unless you go pirate. Um, uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. pirate. <laughs> allegedly i allegedly did all this thank you exactly there's no proof i don't know about statute of limitation but uh, allegedly we allegedly pirated back in the day we sailed the, the high internet seas and we uh we pirated but yes uh it's an easy easy entry yeah. from from manga and everything um i'm actually kind of surprised that boys love was like your first foray into that and not like fan fiction or something well okay let me correct my statement then so okay. like fan <laughs> fiction definitely was a way mm-hmm. but at first like actual print media that someone had been mm-hmm. paid to write yeah that was widely available okay gotcha was boys love specifically right. was gravitation into junjo romantica and i think junjo romantica was a lot of people's first well the distinction i guess between yaoi and boys love comes in mm-hmm. right here Mm-hmm. But back then, I was like, "Oh, this is sex. Oh, this is there's <laughs> there's a male male sex happening." And sex <laughs> is a very loose word that we're using here, right? Because I think the more problematic or outright egregious trope, of course, is like the rape into consent trope, right? That right. boys love does a mm-hmm. lot. Well, that's more of a yaoi trope. Mm-hmm. A lot of the more recent boys love, like gravitation or not gravitation, given. Mm-hmm. And Yuri on Ice typically doesn't do that, right? Um, I think I think maybe the genre's starting to maneuver its way. Oh, hopefully. But then there's like some other tropes, like Shoda, which is real bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's all like when you Google like boys love anime to watch, you'll get like a list of like things that look like cute slice of life, and then you'll have like this is a child and a full grown man. Yeah, like, oh. it's. It's uh, we could we could do without that. That would be nice, just a but, little bit. But I do want to clarify that a lot of stuff, a lot of the, the boys' love that I've read or watched is specifically Japanese in origin, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think that, but I think the Japanese manga was the one that was much more readily available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then, whereas I don't think any of the Chinese stuff had been translated into English quite yet. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. Like the 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 manga is a lot more accessible, and I feel like there's just been a fairly recent like boom in Chinese queer media making its way overseas. Like whether that be like Heaven's Official Blessing or like The Untamed. Or like other things that are on Netflix right now. So I think I mean it's I think it's pretty fair to say that most folks, at least our age, late twenties, probably the first foray into boys love was like through manga or something like that. Well, now kids, kids, teenagers, are reading a lot of boys love on like tapas or webtoons. Mm, right, right. And a lot of that stuff is coming over from South Korea. Yeah, yeah, that too. Like a lot, which yep. is really interesting. And you can definitely tell, like, there's, like, certain art styles that mm-hmm. differentiate uh, yeah. between them, which is really interesting. But also, why did I get that when I was younger? Right, right. I more, but, like, there was maybe five, four, five titles that, like, stores would actively sell. Yeah. And you'd have to go, like, hunt down for, like, some of the more, like, one-shotty or, like, smaller Boys Love or Yaoi mm-hmm. and just sit there on your computer in your room where no one can see you <laughs> don't talk to me mom i'm reading about gay sex <laughs> yeah i actually funnily enough i don't i actually haven't read any boys love like manga or anything like i haven't interacted with that genre outside of really like actually recently just like getting into like the chinese dramas that have come over and everything so like the only <laughs> The only stereotype or like trope that I know, it's not even like a trope, it's more just like a, a gag at this point, is just the whole concept of yaoi hands. Like they're huge. And that's it. That's all, that's all I know. <laughs> Let me see if I can drop an image to you. Oh boy. It's like you could so you could see what you know we were I know we weren't working with great material back in the day. We were not working with fantastic material. Like the kids nowadays they have like I said, like we just said, there's there's like so much good media that so many good media options. You've got Chinese animation, you've got Japanese animation, you've got webtoons you have so many things and it would be would have been really great to have all of this when we were growing up because it's i I think as i mentioned in my previous episode like there is so much value in having all these like different queer stories that aren't just about like white queerness because like white queerness and white gay stories are uh they're valuable and then also like there is it's a different, you know, it's it's always great to have, like, a story that has more, like, intersection and, like, overlap and everything. So, Josh just sent me this picture, and oh my gosh, this is a... Uh, the hands! The hands! Um, the hands! That's it, what we were working with. We were working with some, like, biscuit fingers. Like, these are... The- <laughs> like, the big three at that point with the yaoi hands was, like, Jujo Pramatica was very big about those damn hands. Yeah, just, wow. But you're Bad. right. Like I about yeah, like white queerness is like white queer stories are great for white queer men, but like mm-hmm. that erases literally everybody else. Exactly. And exactly. It, and not <laughs> that like and of course specifically to say boys love is not written for gay men. Right. It is focused on audiences who are women. Yeah. And I don't 
Like, and I always want to ask these authors and artists of Boys Love, like, do you realize how many gay men read your stuff? Right, right. Are you aware? Because I think you're aware. I think you know. But of course, like, a lot of gay men will gravitate, especially when it comes, at least comes to manga, mm-hmm. have started gravitating more towards the bara art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though, it's not like a slur? It's not I don't- a slur? No, there's a whole thread about it, and, oh and I was like, I don't know. I would have to do more research on that. I didn't. I didn't know. I. I was just like, yeah, this huge muscular dudes going at it, and that's it. Because apparently, yeah. well, apparently that style of art was more aimed at gay men, yeah, rather than women. And I think that you can definitely tell the difference. Oh yeah, for for folks who aren't as familiar with that, um, so. Bara is the Japanese for rose, but it's the men are huge and muscular. Whereas, like, the men in like boys' love, whether it be like Chinese, Japanese, Korean, or whatever other media, like, they tend to be more like beautiful and like willowy and very like felt and and these guys are just huge chonkers and they're great i i mean it's it's they're they're fun to look at no it's true <laughs> it's true lately <laughs> so yeah there's i mean there's a very obvious difference between like gay gayness marketed towards like women versus like gayness marketed towards like men and like what people focus on and everything so that is so that that's that so now focusing a little bit more on heaven's official blessing just for some background for folks who may not be familiar with it it's a boy's love story by the same author who wrote the original story of the untamed that's uh uh, sorry wow i'm gonna fuck up all my tones and it is chronicling the adventures of who's the prince or like was the prince of this one country that's kind of like a stand-in for i think kind of like one of the chinese kingdoms or whatever as he attempts to clear his debts that he's accumulated and also reestablish his name in the mortal realm and this world features a lot of taoist magic so if you're familiar with the genre of wuxia it's kind of the same sort of like magic-y tone as let's say like Shang-Chi or if you've watched The Untamed it's the same thing as that but it's kind of like that sort of genre where people can do martial arts and there are there's also like some magic involved there's not quite as much martial arts in in this particular piece of media at all but I know my initial thoughts were I guess overall I thought as I said before I thought the story was a mess at least the animated version there's like a lot going on and it doesn't really seem like there's a a cohesive story but like the art was gorgeous and like is very interesting just seeing like this different sort of like story I know like my the the number one kind of impression that stuck with me was like the main character is not like your kind of traditional main character he's very like soft-spoken and like he's not the best at anything like I think most of the time with these stories you've got like the protagonist who is like oh I'm the best at this and and this is like my forte and this character doesn't really seem to to, to do that so like what about you Josh what are any any initial thoughts or anything about heaven's official blessing there's a good number of scenes that fall into one of my like least favorite boys love tropes mm-hmm. which is like the weird demification demonification demonization that's what mm-hmm. i'm looking for it's <laughs> a second i got there but the demonization of women mm-hmm. oh yes 
Yeah, like that's a, like the first whole thing with the female ghost at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. The whole the whole thing yep. was very much uh women are bad. Yeah. Which is I hate it cuz it's it reminds me a lot of like the earlier boys love stuff which kind of centered on like you had the main couple that either like crazy woman who was in that corner ready to break them up. Right, right. Or trying to ruin their life. Yeah, and it was very much just like I remember I finished that arc and I was like, "Damn, the author was really like I drank my I hate women juice today." And yeah, it was just, it, it didn't even make sense to me because like the character that she was in love with wasn't even like part of the main coupling. It was just kind of like some dude then or not some dude, but like you, like another part of the, I guess like Pantheon that was featured in this show. And, and it was just like, Oh yeah, he was kind of a womanizer and he treated her like shit. And yeah, it was right. I was like, nothing about that entire thing was her fault. Yeah. And I was like, so we're not just gonna, and I feel like the Prince kind of, recognized that at yeah some yeah like he's a very the main character is very sympathetic mm-hmm. and i really enjoy that yeah but the entirety of the heavenly court is not yeah they're just like what we're gonna we're gonna put her under a mountain and i was just like what she do wrong though like she right. i mean like sure she wasn't like she didn't have great integrity. She was just like, I'm going to give up my country secrets for some dick. And then the other guy was just like, mm, you're too into this. So I'm going to like, I- <laughs> right. And I like, and the whole and trigger warning here for self harm, but yes, when she, what breaks her ankles, knees, I think legs? she just breaks her legs. Yeah. I don't know what part, but she breaks yeah. her legs and his whole, like me. Yeah. You, but me. Yeah. It was oof, just it was like rough. Yeah. That was not a favorite arc. And it, although it was weird that it was just kind of like a throwaway overall. It was just kind of like, yeah, we yeah. did this, but then like, eh. <laughs> and then we meet the love interest. Yes. After that, like, like he's not in that. No, he makes an appearance. He makes a brief appearance. Yeah. I think it was, that's like all to like introduce the love interest. Right. Because he knew that the main character is a child when when uh right yeah he knew the main character as a child yes yeah and it was like the scary ghost king the crimson rain salt flower i think is the english translated name yep and okay he has like four names on this entire series and at one point they're like interchanging them i was like i need to know who you're talking about (laughs) these names four different times yeah yeah i need you to pick one and just (laughs) with it please pick one yes yeah that was i mean i was i watched it with the original chinese audio on and it was interesting just like seeing all the name shifts going on in the english and i was like oh okay i mean like they're they're all accurate but it was just like oh there are a lot of names flying around (laughs) so many and at one point i was like are these if i didn't know that from wikipedia that this was a boy's love i would have assumed they were just friends yeah it's the guise of friendship but it's not really friendship because they're in love right and there's like scenes that really kind of lean much more into the romantic relationship Mm -hmm. yeah but maybe we get more of that in season two are we supposed to get a season two i feel like the story i think we are getting a season two i would like that because they this this oh perfect good because like this story the animated story at least has so many flyaways like 
we need to we need to clean up the story a little bit like it's just this, this is why i think it was a mess because there are like so many different plot threads and then they're just like oh yeah season one's done and i'm like is this it is this, uh, this is it where this is all we're getting cool i have so many questions there's just too many different plot lines and i have answers to nothing so that's cool like basically the the whole second half of like the first season is like they go on this big adventure and how did they get to going on this big adventure like someone threw it Someone threw a dead body into his house. And also, if I'm not mistaken, he's the heavy emperor's son, right? Like, he's the heir. Yes, I think so. That's not, like, even that clear. Because right. it's just, like, his... If so, like, there's no interaction with his dad other other than the fact that he gets, like, banished twice. But, like, what did he do? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions. Like, backstory, like, motivations and everything. Like, what the hell is going on? And we just didn't get any of that in season one. So it's good to hear that we're at least getting in season two so I can give it a mo- more of a chance. Because, like, I will say the last episode, I was like, this is so boring. Get, like, get me to the end. It was just, it, like... Overall, it was an okay experience, but damn, episode 12 was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm I'm bored. But it looks like it's very popular because looking at the main character just on the Wikipedia page, Mm -hmm. there's at least three different, no, four translations are voices. There's the original Chinese, there's the Japanese dub, the Korean dub, and Mm -hmm. the English dub, and Mm -hmm. there's a live action series Oh, yes. I did know about that. I did know about the live action series that's coming. And I wonder how they're going to get away with the censoring and everything. Because I'm actually surprised that they actually, I think I noticed because like a big thing for a lot of these stories, right, is like, how do you get past the censors in China? Because this was made by... At first, like my friend told me, this is really gay, and I was like, okay, cool, let's give it a shot. And then I realized it was made by like a Chinese animation company, so it's not like they can get away with being too explicit. They do have to sort of like find their way to slip past the censors. So it was very much like, as you said earlier, like, oh, we're like best friends, even though like Hua Chang, who's the who the uh, crimson thought flower or whatever the English translation is, like he spends half the time calling the main character big brother and like it's very like oh okay sure and this is of course after carrying the main character who is dressed in bridal regalia through <laughs> right i was like so that's as, so that's very gay and i think as gay as this is gonna get yeah yes yeah, like, like the almost kiss the like mm-hmm. chastely sharing the same bed yeah like all the like tropes that made like my little like 17 year old a heart when i was in high school be like oh they're so in love i want that and yeah then you get to like gay culture when you go to college and you're like oh it's not like this yeah like, yeah that's cool. but that's fine i love that i love that for us we do love a nice little gateway so at least i mean Given the censorship laws in China and everything, I guess I'm glad that people have a way to, like, express and, like, explore their identities in some some way, you know, just as as far as you can do that in media that is, like, written about you but not for you. That's just such a weird... <laughs> such a weird intersection. And 
because I'm thinking about censorship, but I'm also thinking about the like intersection with censorship when it comes mm. to East and West, because yeah. both China and Japan had like a have a flourishing boys' love genre. Right. And specifically, the Japanese boys' love genre really hit its stride, really was made in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. It didn't really hit mainland China probably to like probably late 90s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's still <laughs> decades, yeah, more than the U.S. Yeah, because we didn't really have our. We had, I mean, we had queer folk in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. but again, that was on a, like a pay per view. Like, was it Logo at the time? Our HBO, probably Logo. I didn't even know that Logo was that old. <laughs> yeah, well, we had so the two main shows I'm thinking of is Noah's Ark and The L Word and. Mm-hmm folk right which to to the audience listening at home or in your car on your couch wherever you listen to your podcast <laughs> yeah i'm very glad that we got those three shows and noah's ark especially because it was the only one that featured an all-black cast Ooh, okay i'm pretty sure that was noah's ark yeah i actually haven't hadn't heard of noah's ark before you mentioned it i knew about queer's folk queer eye and then the l word yeah well noah's ark was the only one that featured an all-black cast uh mm-hmm about black gay men mm. and it doesn't get nearly the recognition that queers folk or the L word does because mm. well, we know racism, <laughs> but which we solved, we solved we, racism. Racism's solved over. It. It's over. <laughs> we solved it with Noah's Ark. It's over. No more racism <laughs> forever, forever, forever. There's no, what are you talking about? Like the racism. Aren't racist? No, not at all. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry to, to, to cancel your own podcast, but, <laughs> but it was just those three things. Yeah. And there was nothing that was widely disseminated for like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Really? So yeah. whereas, and again, boys love was very much written by women made for women though yep. as we know it would i think be completely wrong to say that gaiman never read it yes but there was so many of them that mm-hmm. are published and i especially since the 70s and i think it's something that's really interesting mm-hmm. especially when we, we kind of think about censorship yeah because and i and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like with America, it's very much coming from a Christian standpoint. Yes, I would it's agree with that. Very much rooted in biblical mm-hmm. ideology. Yep. And so I think that's where our stuff comes from. Yep, I agree with I that. I don't think that's the same in Japan and China. I don't think it's coming from Christianity. That is correct. I mean, there are still effects of interacting with like the white world. Like, the Western, like, yeah, with colonialism just in general, because there, I like, there's a very famous story in China about like, I don't remember, it was like some either like an emperor or like a really high ranking official who had a male lover. And oh man, I have to look this up just to make sure I'm getting my facts right. It's like, it was like a story about like how, yes, it's called Cut Sleeve. Oh, yeah. Uh, or 
Huang Jiu Lang, which is this is a story about like basically the whole concept is like the, there are these two men who are in a relationship and they go to sleep and then one of them is like waking up and the other one is still sleeping and he like fell asleep on his lover's sleeve and to to in order to wake up like to get up and like do his duties or whatever and like without disturbing his lover he would he cut his sleeve and so that this that's like a story like that story but basically like there was homosexuality in china and same thing with homosexuality in japan that was like very much portrayed in a lot of japanese art and everything so being gay and like being some level of queer as it existed in asia and like was i don't know about like acceptable but like it was certainly like around before experiencing like like religious colonialization which i think both countries have resisted to some to an extent but like the effects of interacting with christianity is still evident in both countries and just like how you know the chinese communist party interacts with like queerness and they view it as like it's not illegal to be queer but or anymore fairly recently not illegal to be queer but it is viewed as like inappropriate and it's sort of the whole like issue with you know the that faces pornography in the u.s of like oh i don't know i can't define it exactly but i know it when i see it and like know it when you see it is just so like nebulous and like there are no hard and fast rules so it's like very easy to be like oh that's porn why because it's i know it when i see it and then it's like okay well is that like universally like bad right and i I think it's also very important to recognize that the American Christianity from its foundation is puritanical. Yes. And the Puritans were a fucking cult. <laughs> yeah. They got kicked out of Europe because they were too Christian. They're like, uh-uh. And Europe was like, I don't know. Please leave. Y'all will too much. Exactly. And that explains America so well. And they came over here and say, hey, Hey. <laughs> hey there we're here to eliminate the natives and make this our home and also make ourselves miserable um also, like eliminate a lot of queer native stories like a mm-hmm. lot of like just a race like yep. what they did throughout europe because like mm-hmm. as a racialist, especially one who studies queer shit is that western culture as much as these like macho straight men want to be like western cultures for us it's like okay well the spartans were fucking each other in the ass so like sorry sorry like, 300 was not historically accurate it was there not was historically accurate even though Zack snyder was very much like no they were they were queer coded I, I i put them in thongs like i, I don't know what you're not talking. enough i, no. I look, look butt cheeks hanging out of a thong isn't enough uh if they're I, not slamming each other <laughs> Period. I did not want to, to like listen. Lena Headley and Gerard Butler are beautiful people. I did not want to see them having sex. I wanted to see Gerard Butler having sex with one of his men. Yes, so that's not what I got. So to me, three hundred is a failure. Three hundred is a failure. Three hundred. If three hundred was a porno, then we would have been successful. If right, uh, which um, three hundred porno I have watched is much better. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, is there a 300 porno? There's gotta be. Like, there's gotta be. Of course. Like, please. But back on topic, the (laughs) idea that, like, Western (laughs) culture has a big queer history. I mean, Rome. Yeah. Rome. Also, 
even the like indigenous people of Europe had a queer history and then knock, mm. knock, the Vatican said no. And so they were like, I guess we won't be gay anymore. Became also, secret. And this is also a trope I've seen a lot mm-hmm. kind of like cross culturally okay. is the denigration of the bottom in favor of the top. Yes. So in Western European societies or our Northern European societies, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Vikings here now. Okay. So there's a few sagas that relate Norse sexual practices. Mm-hmm. Like there's this one man, let me see if I can't find it. There is this one guy who has sex with another man. The man who bottoms is the problem. But if you topped, you're fine. I too. Because it was a sin of or seen as like a form of power. I think it's Bjorn. Yes, because of the I think it was Sinfjotli who told who insults Gudmundr by asserting that all of the Einhirjar, which is Odin's Warriors of Valhalla, mm-hmm. fought with each other to win the love of Guthmundr, who was male. Mm-hmm. So like they all fought over who gets to like top this little bottom, basically. Incredible. I but, as someone who has sex with my butt, um, would love to be a problem like that. <laughs> would love that. Would love to just be a problem. Like, and then like Sinfiotli boasts that Gudmander was pregnant with nine wolf cubs and that he, Sinfiotli, was the father. Now, if topping was a problem, Sinfiotli would not have said that. He right. would not have bragged that he impregnated Gudmander. Now, the issue, of course, rises again with was that sex consensual? Probably mm-hmm. not. Right. But there was also a theory that Freyr, um, Freyr, the Norse god of fertility, man mm-hmm. had a cult where like men dressed up as women, mm-hmm. or men performed sex acts. The idea of the Norse magic of Sather, which is more ritualistic. I don't like to say, I don't like to use the word shamanism mm-hmm. because it's a very appropriative word. Mm-hmm. But the practices of like trance work and foreseeing is very different from like the other kind of magic right. that they practice. But this was taught by Freya and was practiced by the Volva. It was women's magic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes did it, but the men who did it were called ergi, which means unmanly, because mm-hmm. the idea is that they were taking the female sex role. Right. Okay. This. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where Europe generally goes when it turn when it comes to gay sex. Is mm-hmm. that like? I mean, Queen Victoria w- w- was like, I don't care if you're topping or bottoming, you're a sin. <laughs> but for the most part, if you topped, I mean, it was eh. Yeah. But it was much better than you submitting to another man. Right. I mean, I think the only other fun like story, kind of like that, that I know that comes from. Egyptian mythology, where mm. I think like it's Set and Horus, I think, and or I don't remember who. It was basically like these two gods, like uh, two male coded gods, like have sex, and then one of them, uh, I think Set is the top or whatever, and he's just like this guy, or no, no, they, yeah, no, they have sex, and then like Set cuts a plant that like has white nectar or whatever and or like white fluid when you cut the stalk and he like dribbles it on the other guy and he's like look this guy took it in the ass and just kind of like as emasculation i really don't remember exactly like who's involved but i do remember that story but like back to your point of like 
Western culture sort of just being like, you were the submissive one and the one being penetrated in this interaction. So therefore you don't have rights. <laughs> right. And I, no, I don't saying boys love does that specifically. No. Yeah. But what happens is that boys love falls into this very heteronormative yes. relationship pattern. And it's because mm-hmm. it was written by presumably straight women. Right. Yes. And it's not written with like the gay mindset or gay culture in mind. It's written right. to appease some kind of fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was looking for a word that I just was not coming to me. I mean, I think fantasy is appropriate. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the same reason why, like, I think straight women find gay relationships. Like, I was going to say straight women find gay relationships horny. That's not grammar. Um, it makes You're them, like, arouses them. Um, just the way that, like, straight men are, like, into, like, women doing stuff with each other. It's, like, the, it's, this isn't for, like, which is why, like, I know um, a lot of friends who are, have, who are women and are attracted to women and, like, will look for lesbian porn or whatever. It's just, like, I can't find what I want because this is all, like, made for the straight male gaze. Straight male eyes, not straight male gaze. Right. <laughs> just for, like, clarification. But, yeah, it's 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 weird to like consume media that was written about you but not for you right like why is it written for me i want it exactly like i, I want it. <laughs> like and i feel like that is a big reason why like you know young queer men are, are drawn to like boys love because it's like oh this is like featuring me but then it's weird because then it's like it's me but it's not me at the same time because i do i do agree with right. like the whole like heteronormative stuff that is really coming through like the biggest example is when the main character from Heaven's Official Blessing and and Hua Chong meet Xilian is in wedding regalia. He's dressed as a woman. He has his makeup done to like present as a woman as well. So it's uh, yeah. I just wish that we had more stories that were. I mean, I think we're 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 getting more stories that are by queer men for queer men. But like you know, more is always better. I yeah, I agree. I also think. This is me trying to formulate like what I'm trying to say in my head right now, but I really want, you know, something that like growing up here would be easy, accessible. That's like non-white mm-hmm. and not, it doesn't center around rape as a form of, yeah, a form of like instigating a courtship. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Which cons- is weird. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, and there's quite a few like boys of that. Like I'm thinking of in my head that like, Use this idea of like, oh, the like top forces himself upon the bottom, mm-hmm. and but the bottom secretly likes it, and that's why he sings stop, but he doesn't mean it, and that gets communicated by the top too. Oh boy, and quite a few of these, but there's no like the bottom's not traumatized in the story. I mean, real re- realistically, yeah, that would be pretty traumatizing. Would, yeah, but it's his way of kind of being like, oh my God, I really finding this, this man attractive and hot. I want him. And it's like, okay. All right. I don't know why this is your fantasy, but I would like not to be. Because in a way, when you really start thinking about it and like laying it out, it's saying like the female fantasy of gay men revolves around this kind of yeah 
rape trope and it could be a way to like process their own trauma when it comes to right. sexual assault in men because let's be honest straight cis men do not have a great track record when it comes no, to them. not at all and i mean if it's a way for you to have some kind of catharsis sure i deal a lot like a lot of my work is with trauma Mm-hmm. And, and a, a, what we see in a lot of like storytelling narratives, especially when it's coming from a female gaze, like the first, this is a small tangent, I promise I'll reroute it. But the first story about Lancelot mm-hmm. may have been, well, not the the first one, but one of the more widely known earlier ones was at The Night of the Cart by Chrétien de Troyes, who may have written it at the behest of a duchess who kind of yeah. commissioned the story. She told it to him and he wrote it, which means it wasn't made for the male gaze. It was made for the female gaze. Mm-hmm. But that story features assault. It features, but also couched in terms of like chivalry and like true mm-hmm. courtship. Right. Which is kind of what we're seeing here is that, yes, there's this horrible thing that happens, mm-hmm. but it's absolved by like true love at the end. Right. And often never mentioned again. <laughs> and like, the, and, and sometimes uh, the sex is always kind of forceful, but the bottom is over here, like moaning and halfway through is like, his nose are very much not protest. Right. But, like expected. Mm-hmm. And then the top is all like, you're so beautiful. I can't help myself. Well, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's bad. It's good of therapy. And what really worries me about growing up and looking at that is that like, Oh my god, that was my first yeah, showcase shit. of gay sex was that. Right. Not something and, non-consensual. Right. right. Luckily, you know, I'm smart enough and, you know, nice enough to not be right. like, yes. That is how gay sex should work. Right. But like <clears throat> when an older man like did that to me, I was like, maybe this is how it works. And that's not how it works. That's not, yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, like this like, is all young gays just, listening. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. Also, no. if you're if if there's an older man in your life, you just need to really think about why someone who is like twenty plus years older than you is have is is trying to hook up with you. Period. It's it's not cute. It's really fucking weird. Like, think mm-hmm. about. Like, you know, I'm in my late 20s. I'm not going to hook up with someone who is, I mean, for other reasons too, but like, I'm not going to hook up with someone who is in their, even in their early 20s. That's weird for me because I'm just like, I want someone who is like more mentally developed. So like, I mean, in my example, it's like for me, it's like, why is someone who is in their 50s or their 60s hooking up with me? That's weird. I mean, like on top of also like the weird racial dynamics, because most of the time it's old white guys. um, It's like, just think about it a little bit. Like there's, there's even like race, even race removed, there's a weird power dynamic going on. So like, just, just, just take a step back and, and, and really don't, that's not what you should be settling for. Tom Daly is a terrible example. Do not follow Tom Daly's footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about their age difference. I was like, Ooh. oh man. Yeah. Tom Daly is like 20 and then Dustin Lance Black or whatever his name is, is was 40 at the time. And I'm just like, uh, Tom Daly was like, he makes me feel safe. And I'm like, because that's that means it's old enough to be your father. <laughs> that's why he makes you feel safe, baby. That's why he makes you feel safe. Cause like he's like financially established and like he's he's literally old enough to be your dad. So of course he makes you feel safe. And I think they have a kid now or something. I don't know. But oh, um, yeah, they're, they're a cute couple, but like still let's uh, let's talk about the age difference. 
like Boys Love does that too. There's a yep. lot of times where, where, where there's like this massive age difference. Now, in Heaven Officials Blessing, I think it's a little bit different because yeah. they're both they're both like immortal. Old, yeah. So it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like for some of them, they're like this 45 year old or 35 year old man that falls in love with this high school student. Ooh, let, let's talk about that. Yes. So, there is this one about a teacher and his high school student, and I was like, "No, no." As a teacher, I'm just like, first of all, why are you looking at your students like that? That's weird." Yeah, and and there's like various stages where 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 he's like, "I could be fired." Well, yes, baby, you could be, and honestly, I think you should be. You should be fired. You should not be because working with kids. You are a predator, a predatory menace to society, and it's his brother's friend who he saved from like. <laughs> From his from a life of like gang wars, which is good. I'm glad that you got him out of that situation. Yeah, but also I don't think that's appropriate. Do you? Just because you pass him in the the, the hallway, uh, sneaking looks and Ugh. like no, no, baby, I don't think that I don't think that that we need to do that. Let's find yourself. You know what? Let's find you someone your age. Well, yeah, right. maybe that's... that nice gym teacher over there. You know, exactly. the The teacher thing is very much yeah. There's this weird power dynamic and i just really really wish that or hope that folks who are picking up boys love especially like if this is your first like self-exploration into like different queer stories just know that a good relationship and a healthy relationship does not feature those sorts of power power imbalances and you should be looking for a relationship with someone who like respects you and is your equal so yeah don't boys love is not is not is obviously not realistic and and please do not do not be those tropes so with that, um, I think we'll just start to wrap up here. What was your overall takeaway from Heaven's Official Blessing, if any? Because I know, like, for me, I think it was an interesting, like, a nice overall queer message of, like, there was a specific line between the two characters of, like, I like you regardless of your station and or identity. Like, I don't care that you're this, like, really menacing ghost. I like you as a person. And, you know, the other half of that was, like, if I didn't like you, I would dislike you even if you were a king. So I think that was, like, a nice message of, like, regardless of if you're looking at it with a queer eye or not, there is this whole message of, like, you know, you can like somebody or, like, it's important to, like, look past what others see or like what others say or whatever to, to find something to really like form your own opinion about somebody, not saying that everybody deserves that, but that was, I think a nice, nice, cute little message that I, that I was able to pick up. My favorite was the wind lady who was in there for two seconds. Yes. She came down, said two lines, went back up. I was like, this is the the baddest bitch. (laughs) Oh shit. Work. The baddest (laughs) bitch in this entire show. That's all I care about right now. They, the gays are cute. Y'all are cute. Stay down in y'all's little hole. The wind lady is here. The wind lady is here to take you out of the hole. Yeah, no, but she no. But in terms of like <laughs> message and stuff, I really liked the idea of redemption. Of mm-hmm. No matter how many times you fall, how mm-hmm. many times you fail, you can get back up. You can try again. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really nice. I think it was really special. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I agree with you about... The, about the whole like I would love you even if you were someone completely different. Like I would I, I love you for you. Or right. I would hate you even if you were a king. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think it's I'm really interested to see what season two does. Yeah. Because I have much more questions than I do have answers. And oh yeah. Same here. I'm hoping. 
Oh, it's dark outside. Oh, it's Ookie Spooky Hours. I'm hoping we get more Wind Lady because she really did. She really did come down for two seconds and said two lines, and we're just like, okay. And then she was like, bye. What is her name, ma'am? What is your name? I think she was like the Windmaster or something like that. That was the English Lady Windmaster. Perfect. We want more of her. We want more of her in season two. Um, So with that, we'll take a quick break, and then we will come back with the end of the show. All right, welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys drank some water. This was, that was a long middle segment. So drink some water, get hydrated. Being being wet is healthy. Being wet is healthy for you. It's important to be wet. You need to be wet for lots of biological functions and not just sex. So as we close out, Josh, do you have anything that you would like to to plug for people? Any like or where? Where people can find you if they if they want more. Y'all can't find me. Don't look for me. Josh no, says, um, don't find me. Let's see. I'm Steamhunk on Twitter, which is Steam underscore Hunk, but that name might be changing. So I don't <laughs> know. I would plug my Twitch, but until I actually start using it again. <laughs> which is really funny, babe, because I just got a payout from, from Twitch like yesterday. Oh wow. Congrats. So it was like people must be just like watching my videos. Mm, okay that might be it but regardless that's right because you're what you're affiliate yeah i'm an affiliate i just need to do something with that (laughs) it's it's totally space boyfriend but the zero but the the, always always a zero right yeah yeah let me double check because i haven't really logged in in a hot second and josh streams mostly like rpgs and like also cozy stuff last time i was watching them play they were playing mass effect and they are a very good driver (laughs) 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 yes i am the best driver of mass effect andromeda thank you it was very impressive watching them try to drive what's the vehicle called again the pathfinder the uh, pathfinder is the uh name of the your is your title i think it's I know the Mako is in. You know what? I don't know. They were they were doing an expert. <laughs> that is incredibly sexy of you. I I think I, whatever vehicle it was, I think you were either frantically trying to drive it up a wall, or um, you somehow. It was it was truly a sight to behold. It was great. I I really loved your driving skills. Truly a a gem to watch. So, space boyfriend that is boyfriend with a zero instead of the O. Yes. If you navigate to my Twitch page, I think they're on one of my featured streamers. In case like I'm offline and they happen to be streaming, then my page will direct it to their page. I'm following Josh on Twitter as well, so you can if you're having difficulties finding them, then you can scroll through my Twitter and my my followers or. Follower, either followers or following, and find them. Anything else that you would like to plug or anything? Um, I know. I think I'm all good. Cool. All right. And then if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Kato Not Kato. That is K A H T O N O T K A Y T O. I'm on Instagram at the same handle. Same thing with Twitch. I might try and stream some Shin Megami Tensei 5 again, maybe one day. I'm really bad at switching the game card out of my Switch. Currently, it's still Pokemon Pearl in there, and I think we're probably going to do an episode at some point to yell about Pokemon, because we (laughs) have a lot to talk about, a lot to yell about with that one. But yeah, it's just like, I'm just running around the world watering berries, and that's literally all I'm doing with my life in Pokemon. 
There could be I mean, much more. What else is there to do? True. I mean, I could try and fill the Pokedex. I could try and, like, go through all of the endgame content in Romanus Park or whatever. But no, I could I could also work my way to over 100 of each type of berry and just run around and be a gardener. It's fine. <laughs> and then, of course, if you like what you hear, please feel free to hit up the Patreon page. It's Nonsense and Noise Pod on Patreon. Tier 1 gets you a shout-out. A Tier 2 gets you early access to the pod episodes. And then Tier 3 is actually, um, you get to suggest topic ideas. And just as a reminder, this whole topic of boys love is actually a Tier 3 suggestion from somebody. So that's about it. Thank you, Josh, so much for joining. It was really, really fun talking to you. And uh, thank you all for listening. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.